Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, June 4th, and we are going to continue on with our Fallen Sun Death of Captain America review here. We have already done issues one and two, so go back and listen to those if you haven't. And this series deals a lot with the five stages of grief. Each book kind of takes on the stage and has a character associated with it. It also, from what I can tell, shows other characters in different stages at the same time, which is kind of interesting, and I like it. The first issue dealed with denial. The second issue dealed with anger. And now we're on to issue three. So this has got Jeff Loeb's story with, I believe, John Romita Jr. artwork. So we start out, we're at Avengers Tower, and you've got somebody who's got a bow and arrow who's trying to get somebody's attention. And it winds up being Hawkeye, and he's trying to get Iron Man's attention. I'm sure we could all assume that it was Hawkeye. However, they have an, an exchange. And apparently Hawkeye or Clint was dead at one point in time, I didn't realize this. I didn't know that was a thing. So that was pretty interesting for me to like find that out. And Iron Man does not believe that this is Clint. He's he's very skeptical of that. Knocks Clint out, takes him back to headquarters, and they start running tests on him as far as DNA and things like that. And Clint's wanting to know like what happened as far as like Captain America being dead. And like, who is doing anything about it, and he's just wanting to talk to Tony about it. So Tony winds up taking him to a room where Captain America's shield is sitting there, and Tony says, you know, this is the authentic one, this is the one that's, like, Cap's actual one. We've had two other replicas made, one's going to go to the Smithsonian, and the other one's going to go in Cap's casket. And he offers... Hawkeye to take the shield for a spin. So they go out there and they start throwing it around and stuff. Or Clint starts throwing it around and stuff like that. And basically this leads way into Tony offering the moniker of Captain America to Clint. Something about, you know, almost a hundred of the agents have tried to throw the shield and stuff like that. And nobody can do it. And be successful at it. And in fact, four of the, the however, the 97 or something like that have like seriously injured themselves. <laughs> then they get a call that, you know, there's a disturbance. So they go out to go and check it out. We then catch up with the now Hawkeye and Patriot who are facing off against, I don't even know who this guy is. Some, some, his name's Firebrand. Never heard of him before in my life. This has got to be like a Z-list character or something. I don't know. I've, I've never, never heard of this guy. It'd been cooler if they'd put Pyro there. Anyways, that's that's comic-y pasta. So, you know, they're defending and they're trying to, like, take down Firebrand. And then as soon as, like, they get the, the job done, Iron Man comes down to basically enforce the Registration Act because Hawkeye and Patriot are not, like, registered. So they're... Fighting crime illegally at this point in time. Hawkeye hits Tony with an EMP, shuts the suit down. 
they flee, and then as they're getting ready to go into a grate, we see a shield ping off the walls and get caught. Forgot to do this earlier, but I do want to mention that like we saw Hawkeye and Patriot in issue two. They were in the lair with the Thing and Luke Cage and all them, and and they mentioned that Luke's not going to be happy about this because apparently like he's their kind of leader at this point in time. So I like that the story is not disconnected. Like it's connected and sometimes in slight ways, just enough for you to like realize the timeline of everything and how it's going down. So I do like that a lot. They make calls to different issues and different books and stuff like that. They kind of let you know like, hey, this is this was happening while this was going on. Or this was going on while this is... So I, I really enjoyed that part of this. Back to the book though, we've got in this full page Hawkeye and Patriot looking at someone dressed up as Captain America. Now before, when we saw Clint and Tony on the rooftop, Hawkeye was not dressed in... Like you just kind of saw him in the shadow. He he We couldn't see what he was actually wearing at that point in time, but he didn't have a headpiece on. So, but now he is in like full Captain America garbs. It's interesting because Hawkeye was very reluctant at first and kind of mad at, at Tony for offering him the Captain America title. And now we see him in full garbs. He starts to talk to the to Patriot and to Hawkeye. They, there's a there's a back and forth between the new Hawkeye and Clint Barton. Kate Bishop was like, you know, Captain America gave me this mantle. Like, that's who gave me this mantle was was Cap. And it, it kind of hit Clint then, like, because they were giving him crap that he was a dressed up as Captain America. He didn't say who he was. He didn't say that he was Clint Barton or anything like that. They just knew it was somebody and that Captain America is supposed to be dead, so this is not Captain America. And so they were calling him basically a poser and talking about pretending and things like that. And Clint tried to sit there and say something about, well, you call yourself Hawkeye. Like, how's that any different? Kate Bishop sits there and says, you know, I took his name because he died. Because I wanted to honor him. If Hawkeye were alive, I'd call myself something else. By the way, it was Real Cap who offered me the name and the bow. Like I said, that hit Clint. She also, at one point in time, sat there and say, you know, you might even look the part. As far as like him looking like Captain America. But I never dressed up like Hawkeye. And she makes the comment of even when he wore a head headband and a skirt. Which is kind of funny. Because she says the second you put on that uniform, it's a different argument. By this time, Tony comes in calling him Cap. Congratulating Cap. And Clint says we're letting him go. They stop the bad guy. That guy needs to be taken into custody. He tells Patriot and the new Hawkeye to leave. Iron Man tells Clint that he's making a mistake. Clint responds with, you know, it's not the first time tonight that I've made a mistake. And this is where I think we get into, like, the actual stage that this book is covering. And it's a, it's a conversation between Clint and Tony. And Clint goes, you nearly had me, Tony. You're a charming SOB, I'll give you that. You can take emotion and you can make it almost sound like logic. Just like how you got everyone to support this idiotic registration. Tony responds with, you're mistaken. Clint, come on. You think that because I was dead, I haven't read a newspaper? Tony, this country needs a Captain America, especially now. 
Can't you see how soothing it would be for people knowing that Captain America will live on? Clint, people or you, Tony? You don't know how to handle it, do you? The grief, the pain, the loss. So you reached for the thing you know best. You tried to make a deal, tried to like to strike a bargain in bold letters that would make it all go away, and you can't. And neither should anybody else, including especially me in bold letters. When I get to wherever it is I'm going, I'll mail back your flag. Talking about the suit. Tony, if you return to me, them, to Luke and Peter, and the rest, I will come after you, Clint. And that's the end. This book is about the stage of bargaining. And honestly, I don't think it's just Tony in this book that's bargaining. But we'll get into that. But it's very clear that Tony feels bad about the situation. He never wanted Cap to die. That was never the intent of what he was doing. But he knows that like his part in the Registration Act, his part in seeking justice and helping everybody, that's what has caused this. That's what's kind of caused his death. He put Cap in a situation where it was easy for him to have been taken advantage of. And so, like, he's feeling bad about that. And he's wanting to reconcile that. He's he's wanting to make everything, you know, cotton candy and gumballs and everything else. Like, it's... I've, I've never dealt with, with the bargaining aspect. I've never thought to myself, I'll make this better by doing this. But I know that people out there have done that. I know that that's a thing. It's obviously a thing because... You know, it's part of the five stages. Like, this is, it's a normal thing for people to do. And I think it's, like, I see what Tony's doing. I see why he's doing it and stuff like that. And trying to give the world another Captain America and trying to make himself feel better by there being another Captain America. But that's not going to, that's not going to help him. And I think deep down inside, Tony knows that as well. And I think any and everybody that goes to this stage, deep down, if they're being real with themselves, know that it's not, that's not going to help. It's not like replacing something with something else. Replacing a loved one with another person is not going to help. It, it, it may fill the void or a hole for a little bit, but that person is not going to be that person. That person isn't that person. Every person is unique in their own special way. They may give you the same feels, the same, you know, ideas, whatever else the case is. But it's still just to fill a void, and that void is not, like, it's it's never going to be the same. It's not fair for the person that you lost, and it's not fair for the person that you're replacing them with to do that. And I'm not saying that, like, you're a bad person, you're wrong, or anything like that. Because, like I just said, like, this is a normal thing that people go through, that people do. But what I'm saying is, is that you've got to be real with yourself. And you've got to sit there and know that, like, this is what I'm doing at this point in time, and I don't need to do that. Like, I need to, I need to face this for what it is. On to issue four. Like I said, uh, this has got a really cool cover. This is Jeff Loeb and David Finch on this book here. The artwork's been really good throughout the series too, by the way. So like, if you haven't, these are easy reads. And the, the artwork's really good. And it's a good story so far as well. We've got Peter in a graveyard visiting <coughs> Uncle Ben and, and other members of the Parker family. 
as he's sitting there kind of going through his head and his thoughts of like, you know, what he's kind of done and how he could have done better. Basically a lot of like what I consider the normal Peter Parker self pity. And that's why I don't really like jive with Peter Parker. That's why I don't really jive with Spider-Man. Like I, I have a hard time. I've done it, but I have a hard time with the whole self pity. Like that just, it it's, I don't like it. I don't, it's, it's not, like, for lack of better words, it's not a good look on me. Like, I just, it. I realize that I do it or whatever the case is, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get out of there. I can't, I can't. It, it, like, I don't know, it makes me nauseous. Anyways, but that's why I don't read Peter Parker. That's why I don't like Peter Parker, because I just, I can't get down with the whole self-pity thing. Peter Sputterson starts going off, and we see him, you know, kind of go through the, the graveyard, and he sees uh, a villain. He sees Rhino, and he immediately starts attacking him. Now, the last time that we saw Peter Parker, it was in issue two as well. And he left the poker room, and he went from denial, essentially, to anger. And so now he has been through that anger kind of phase. And maybe the whole self-pity thing was kind of like his way of negotiating, his way of bargaining... But I still feel like with him just attacking Rhino, just right off the bat, I still feel like he's in that anger phase. And maybe this is a good clue as to, like, <clears throat> not everybody goes through the same phases even in the same order or necessarily at all. And so maybe this is a normal thing as well, is that, like, the phases are just, like, these are ways to kind of recognize and self-recognize where you're at as far as your grieving process and how to get yourself to the final stage. Yeah, he like straight up attacks Rhino. Like Rhino didn't even attack him. He's Rhino's at a grave and you see him in a trench coat and a hat and he's got flowers like and he drops them. So, and he's standing at a grave. They sit there and they're brawling out and they're fighting and things like that. And it gets to a point where Rhino steps back and he breaks a headstone. And that's kind of what stops everything. Rhino's very upset with Peter right now. He's mad. He's like, look what you made me do. I'm going to kill you. And he grabs Peter's leg. And he says, I was visiting my mother. So that's all he was doing. Was just visiting his mother. Paying his respects to his mother. His, his mother's grave. He starts flinging Peter all through the, the graveyard at this point in time. I'm talking about knocking over stone angels, busting through stone angels, other headstones, things like that. Peter wants to sit there. like he, Peter even admits. He goes, okay, I screwed up. I want to tell him I'll leave him alone, but I can't get my mouth to work. And Rhino's even sitting there saying, like, I just wanted to be left alone. I came out here in the middle of the night not bothering anybody and, like, you know, he does this. Then we see a uh, profile of a character in the shadows with the words sneak coming right there where their hand is and some blades. So, no, this Wolverine that's looking on. Rhino's saying, you know, why couldn't you leave me alone? Peter's a uh, funny time to be remembering. Maybe because I thought I was going to die back then, too. And it's really reminiscent of the Hulk being over Spider-Man. And the Hulk saying, I just wants to be left alone. Rhino comes down on Peter. We kind of have this really cool, like, two-panel kind of thing where we see Rhino coming down on Spider-Man, Spider-Man getting up and grabbing his hands to stop him from getting hit. And then Captain America, on the same panel, 
sliding in over a red-suited Peter Parker and taking the brunt of the Hulk's hands. It's a really cool panel. My description does no justice of it. But it's basically like that point where, where he's remembering where Cap saved him from the Hulk. Very much like, you know, the Rhino is, is taking the Hulk's place and kind of running out. Peter winds up fighting back and pretty much beating the Rhino up, knocking him out, quite like Cap did. With the Hulk, Peter's saying, you know, what are we going to do without Cap? Now Wolverine comes in and starts to talk to Peter. Basically, it's just a lot of, like, back and forth between them, nothing really pivotal or anything like that. Eventually, Spider-Man says, then leave me alone. Leave me the hell alone, he takes off. We go back to the city, and again, Wolverine has basically followed Spider-Man. And Wolverine sits there and says, you know, you had a rough night, just making sure you got home, okay? Look, I know what you're going through. And then Spider-Man interjects, says, you have no idea what I'm going through. Basically, in his head, is like replaying another situation in his life where he lost Gwen Stacy. And like the times that Peter has had to deal with death, essentially, is like what we're getting at. And then Peter starts to like question himself. Like, why is he being Spider-Man if Cap can die? Here's Wolverine's big response. When Cap was putting together the new Avengers, your name came up. A few of us thought you weren't the right fit, that you weren't Avengers material. But Cap laid down the law. He told us all how you'd save the day over and over without taking credit. How you have the stuff of heroes. And if we didn't want you, we couldn't have him. I mean, if Captain America says you can do the job, who are we to argue? Peter jumps up and he goes, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's more full of shit than you. You weren't there when I joined the Avengers. You came in later. Was that some incredibly lame plan to boost my spirits? Wolverine responds with, Maybe. You really think that I don't know what you're going through? Me? Try this. It's like somebody shot a cannonball right through your stomach, leaving a great big hole. Eventually, it starts to close up from the outside in. And one day, it'll be different. The load won't feel as heavy. Of course, then you'll hear a song, or somebody will laugh, or the wind will blow the wrong way, and the hole will tear open, wide open again. Peter. I think I liked it more when, when you were at least pretending to make me feel better. Logan, believe it or not, it heals back faster after each time. Peter, and when does it go away? Wolverine, you already know the answer to that. Or else you wouldn't have been standing in that cemetery tonight. You want to know what's called depression? Because it's depressing. A death isn't like losing a job or getting divorced. You don't get over it. You have to integrate into your life, learn to live with with it. But life does get better. Peter, question, someday? Logan, best you can hope for. Peter, someday. That's the end of that chapter anyways. So Peter is dealing with depression right now. Depression of losing Captain America. That's why he's going. That's why he's reminiscing through all these thoughts and the impact that Captain America had on his life. That's why he's reminiscing about the loss of Gwen Stacy. He's going and visiting where she died at. Because all that conversation between Logan and Peter at that point in time was at the, uh, the at the bridge where he lost Gwen. Because Wolverine even makes the comment of, this is where your girlfriend died, didn't, ain't it? This is kind of, this is probably one of the ones that I've, I've dealt with. I've, I've done the reminiscing. I've done the being sad that I've lost somebody. I think 
I think that's the normal common denominator. For, like, if anything else, everybody has probably done this one here. And I just... It's, it is sucks. It is a bad feeling, you know, when you do lose somebody. And it, it does create a void, a hole, a gap. Things that I was talking about in the, the previous issue. But it does heal over time. And I think anybody and everybody that's dealt with death knows this. I think most of us as adults have dealt with somebody... Uh, and if you're, I guess, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say fortunate enough to not have lost somebody because I feel like death helps people grow and to a certain extent. Um, I'm not trying to be insincere. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying, like Wolverine said in this book, death is way different than anything else. Way different, way different than losing a job. Way different than getting divorced, all things that you could get depressed over having. But death is so permanent. And like I said, it's not fair to replace that person with somebody else. It's not fair to the person that you lost, and it's not fair to the person that you're using to replace the, the hole, the void. And so with a job, you're more than likely going to go out and find another job. And with a divorce... You know, the likelihood of you going out and finding another partner, another mate to be with is is likely. Like, the, the world's full of people at that point in time. But, you know, there's only one person that, that you lost. Like, there's only one granddad. There's only one grandma. Things like that. If they, you know, how depending on how they meant to you and things. So, I just, I get it. I understand. I get it. And I don't stay in this depression phase long, usually. And honestly, I wouldn't even call mine depression. Like, mine's not... Mine's not, I'm never down in like to a depressed mode. I may be sad. I'll feel emotions as far as like being sad and upset about, you know, the fact that somebody is gone. But I think that's healthy. I, I don't, I think pushing things way down deep inside and like trying to not feel anything. That's not like, you've got to feel something. You've got to like, you know, acknowledge it to a certain extent. Because I, if you don't acknowledge it, I think it's going to take us to the last book that we get to and the last stage that's the end of it, all of this. So we'll get to that next time, next Monday, when we talk about the fifth and final issue. Thank y'all so much for listening to this. Hope you enjoyed it. You can find Jeremy over on Twitch at night. Fury GTO, that's Knight with a K. You can also find Richard over on Twitter and Instagram at Knight Curry. That's Knight like day and night, Curry with a K. You can find us, the Comically Comics Podcast. You can email us at comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Comically Comics Podcast. You can find me on YouTube and Instagram and eBay at 22 underscore comics. Thank y'all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did making it. With all that being said, bye.